It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long. And you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy with your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. Listen in as they discuss Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning and Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. gentlemen those between unaffiliated welcome back to the speakeasy caleb i have quite the topic to not even topic but i have, I have something to get off my chest mm. i have been i've been wanting to tell you that like talk to you about this for quite some time now and i have not gotten the chance to so it's it's finally time that i i come clean and not even come clean but I, i'm finally happy to be here and my thoughts may not all be here and that's unfortunate <laughs> but i'm gonna do my best Sure. So, uh, two weeks before I got uh, found a new job, uh, I was like, "Okay, this is gonna be it. This is uh, after this, I'm not gonna really have a lot of free time. I actually do still, um, but I didn't know that at the time. So it's like, oh, I should, I, I really do need to see some movies. Mm. And I decided I was gonna do the rare thing of a I uh, on a Tuesday because those are El Cheapo Tuesdays. And I decided to do two movies in one day, each at the theater. So the, for the first week, uh, I saw both in order: Mission Impossible, Ro- uh, Rogation, um, Dead Reckoning Part One, and then Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Second week, did mm. uh, in IMAX. Uh, what's it called? Uh, Oppenheimer, and then the Barbie movie. Oh wow. Did you say all in the same day or two consecutive weeks? Two two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. So like two okay. each day. Uh, so like one Tuesday it was like Dead Re- uh, Dead Reckoning and then Dial of Destiny and then second week was Barbenheimer. Well, I'll request to hold off the Dead Reckoning because I still have yet to see it. Unfortunately, I missed that in the theater. Oh man, okay. Uh, can I at least give like a brief, you know, what how sure. I felt about like, you know, just non-spoilers? Go ahead. It's ambitious. It's, it's like clearly ambitious. I am like interested in where it goes i was not expecting uh what i was expecting i was there was a clear character that i thought was going to go in a, in a certain direction and i was very surprised uh, they did not go in that direction um it definitely feels you know i, I gotta be careful with not spoiling it for this guy um were you, were you did you have interest in seeing it or were you like i'll pass oh absolutely i I kept meaning to find some time to uh, invite you to go see it. But the time just never really opened up. <laughs> That's same with me. I've, I, I'm probably it's uh, my fault as well. But no, yeah, I, I also um, yeah. Thanks for thinking of me with that. But yeah, I was, it was kind of a shame that we didn't go out to see it together. But I'm glad to have seen it. Um, no, so but but yeah, it, it does become. I, I don't think that this is one of those. Oh, they just 
took the idea and ex- and just like extended it. Uh, so instead of condensed storytelling, it's like overstretched or um, uh, overbloated or whatever it's called. Just too, it's too long. It's like I don't think so. I think the way they like everything within the story that they were setting up, I think did need to be there. I think uh, it's very different and definitely being a little bit more ambitious. I think I, I said that earlier. And I was I was kind of surprised at the ending at, at like how, but I guess it makes sense because uh, it is like the end is it's part one now part two is is still there so I'm like oh wow okay, uh, and yet it was still quite a long movie so I was like oh my goodness that's quite surprising, <laughs> definitely a smart idea to uh, go in the uh, go, go in that direction um, to split into two parts. I will. I wonder if the next year they'll have a um, if they'll have like a double feature with both. That'll certainly be something. Oh man! Um, this one was pretty long. It looked like from the, if I remember correctly. Yes, I don't remember. Do our ticket stubs say how long the movie is? I don't think so. No, they don't. Okay. Uh, anyway, so let's give my. Uh, uh, I don't know if I can give a like you know how I felt like this movie made me feel like. Uh, well, actually, I'll say yeah. This movie made me feel like the direction. Mission Possible goes on from here on out uh, is something that transcends what it started from the from the very first movie, mm. and yet may actually even be trying to emulate the first movie, uh, updating it maybe potentially, um, just in regards with the maybe certain characters returning. That's a interesting. interesting. Um, but with uh, you know exactly um, my best thing. Oh, my best thing. I say I like a lot of the dialogue. Uh, a lot of the dialogue was, again, very, very different. And the plot itself, again, the, the plot I, I liked. I was interested that they went this way, and I was shocked it worked for me. I may not work for a lot of people, but, again, there, it's, there's a heightened sense of uh, from the, even the previous films, and so I'm surprised about uh, my worst thing. What's my, what's my least, or at least my least favorite thing about the film? Not that it's two parts. That's, that's kind of stupid. Uh, I'll, I will say uh, there was something that did happen. I, I, I will not say what it was because that was really good way. Uh, but there's something that I, I wasn't expecting. I was like, oh, really? We're doing that? Okay, well, uh, I don't hate it. I just... Um, uh, it made sense in the story, but I, I wish... I, I, I know I'm being very vague. Uh, you'll have to ask me this when, we, when you do uh, see it. Sure, but um, yeah, no, I, I was I was a little bit like, oh, that's kind of looks bad, but maybe from my perspective, but I guess it works from the story, uh, within the story. I mean, yeah, but overall, you'd give it a recommend. I give a high recommendation for people. It's a good action film. Um, I will say I was satisfied when they did the IMAX, uh, not screen, but when they did that little IMAX preview of Tom Cruise doing that, like you know jump from the the cliff i I don't know if you remember that one the stunt from the motorcycle off the cliff maybe i'll also give that a little bit like and cgi didn't look fully integrated in that but that's obviously part of me on the artists Uh, you guys are doing your job um but i like how that happened that was that made sense um but yeah a high recommendation for me uh i liked it just think treat it as though it's a lot more theatrical i know that sounds I mean, it's a theater, but like, well, it's not full-on theater, of course. But is it uh, 
Mission Impossible 2 level theatrical or uh, good question I don't think so I will I may have to I, I may have to go back and watch both to kind of see but no no I don't, I don't think so I think it's I think it's a natural maybe a natural evolution of the previous films I hope <laughs> sure no I'm, I'm definitely intrigued I've I, yeah I, I was really sad I missed it and I'll be yeah watching it as soon as I have access to it of course but I guess to move on to, unless you have more to say. No, no, I'm good. Yeah, let's because the more I'll, I'm, I'm obviously gonna talk to you more about it when we, you know, when you when you see it. So that's yeah. For now, uh, putting a pin and closing the book with the bookmark in it uh, to return to Dead Reckoning Part One before hopefully Part Two. Yeah, talking about it, I mean, excuse me. So let's talk about Grandpa Jones uh, Part Two. Yeah, the Dial of Destiny. So you finally saw this one. What, what were you, what were your initial thoughts like, or or should I say, uh, what were your thoughts coming in? Were you excited about this premise? Were you excited about indie coming back to the screen, uh, or were you, were you like me who was coming in with my shoulders slumped? Like, okay, I'll watch this, but I wish that if they were gonna bring back the franchise, it should have just been a reboot. That's what I was thinking. Or the James Bond idea. Uh, that that's what i mean yeah yeah reboot in in terms of recast um still set in the 30s or 40s just you know another adventure um yeah like fury road just yeah the next installment thank you uh i hope they get to that i hope that will eventually happen and james mangle will be able to make a film like that hopefully um do you think this was okay not okay i'm just gonna open this do you think this was written by committee i don't think so okay i don't think so yeah. Okay. Good to note. Well, that, that's what I was asking your, what your thoughts were coming in. So it was an Indiana Jones film and I felt, you know, obligated and, or, you know, as a fan, it was like, I want to see this. Uh, despite what I saw of the trailers and how uh, the female compatriot betrays him, at least, you know, what the, what the trailer is going for. It looks like she's betraying him. It's like, all right. I mean, fair enough. I, I, I do get the sense like he is he's a lot older so I'm like uh, it'll be interesting to see how where this goes and yeah no I, I did definitely have that worry in the in the film when they were in that scene of him and uh, what's her face in the board or in the um, in the back room excuse me with all the uh, with, with the storage units excuse me where they kept everything I was like a little worried is like oh yeah he is a bit old so like how are they gonna do this properly not properly, yeah. but how are they going to be? Because you know he's not a you know mixed. He's not a martial artist, of course, but you know he's a brawler. He 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 often got us some fisticuffs back in the day, and I'm like, yeah, I guess yeah. I mean, how's that going to work? I don't know what you would do by this point because he can't really do a lot of stunts. Uh, so he would be using his brain more than he would his his physique, which is the smart thing to do. Um, but. I, I did watch it, and I will say I think I'm going to give it a, a, a mixed, you know, very, very, like, middle of the road, like, high, not feeling it, but a low feeling it. <laughs> so, wait a minute. Let, let me get this straight. Did you say a high, not feeling it, but a low feeling it? Yep. A really <laughs> low feeling it. So, what you mean is, like, there are parts of it that I really, really didn't like, and there are parts of it that I that just get over the hump to be like, okay, it was okay. Is that what you're saying by that? Yeah. Let's, let's go with that. Even though, yeah, I don't, 
I, I could just say like a very low feeling of like I don't hate this. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So it still gets over the hump mostly then. Yeah, it just definitely gets over the hump. I will. Uh, here's my. This is not my worst thing. This is this is an observation that I just could not get out. Once once I saw it, I was like, I cannot get it out of my head. Uh, and it kind of gave me a different perception of the movie. Mm. So we have uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge yep. or Briggs. That's her. That's her. Okay. So don't worry. This, this is thing. So I kept looking at her. And I was like, okay, why is she so familiar? And I'm aware the droid from Solo. I know that. Huh. And controversial figure of herself. But I was like, okay, there's something about her that's familiar with me. I was like, okay, I guess she looks like a young Joan Kuzak. I can, I can definitely see it. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And then it hit me. I was like, oh my goodness. Especially with like her witty nature and dialogue. I was like, oh my goodness. Oh my stars. I can't see this. I, I can no longer see it, it this way. I, I, I can't. She looks like a, ma- a female version of a younger Quentin Tarantino. And once that was in my head, I was like, oh my goodness, it's Quentin Tarantino as indie sidekick. This is kind of awesome. <laughs> oh, interesting. I can't see it, but that's that's interesting. Yeah. I couldn't help but see it, and I was like, oh my goodness, like that's hilarious. <laughs> um, so all the, what is it, all of her, uh, all of her dialogues, all her one-upmen, uh, her, her one-upping, uh, the Nazis, that's all set up. All right, there's a lot of setup there. So anybody complaining that a lot of her like outsmarting creatively everybody else, it's like a lot of these things were set up. Yeah, no, she she feels in line with the indie characters of the past. Um, I I think that kind of uh, uh, the kind of screwing screwing each other over while having fun doing it, I think is just a part of the the franchise in the past. Agreed. Um, so yeah, I've got nothing against that. I just find the performances that Phoebe Waller-Bridge gives. There's a level of smugness to her personality. I knew you were going to say smug. Yeah, and her smugness just kind of grates on me after a while. I I like the character well enough. And her little kid sidekick I thought was fun as well. But yeah, by the time the movie was over, I was kind of like, I'm just kind of tired of her smug personality. It's just a little off-putting. I see your point. But I'll say for me, for where I where I'm at with feeling it, I'm also at a very low feeling it, and I wouldn't be in that position. I would have come out being like, eh, not recommend, if it wasn't for the ending, which I don't want to jump right to that. But I'll say that ending saved the movie and made me like it a hell of a lot more than I would have had that not been there. That's so funny because. Uh, I was talking with my coworker about about that, and he did not like the ending. I'm like, "What are you talking about? The ending worked perfectly." Yeah, that's a very Indiana Jones ending. Maybe okay, maybe not perfectly. Excuse me, sorry, sorry, sorry. Hyperbolic there. My apologies. I yeah. just meant I think the ending worked uh, within the movie's logic and what it had set up. Yeah, and it was it wasn't formulaic. It felt very fresh, and again, very in line with the other indie endings where things just go a little bit kooky and crazy at the end. Like, we're so used to it now, having seen these movies so many times. Uh, but, you know, seeing uh, seeing the ending of Raiders as a kid, when, you know, the faces start melting and heads exploding, that took me completely by surprise then. And oh, yeah. It, yeah, it shocked me. And I felt a similar thing in the theater. And not, not shock of revulsion, but just shock of, whoa, they're really committing to this. They're, they're going somewhere I did not expect, which I'm, I'm trying not to say too much because I don't want to spoil Oh, okay. I thought we were spoiling, but okay. 
Well, if, if we're going to spoil, yeah, I'll just say spoilers right now then. Yeah, spoilers right now. <laughs> sure. The, the only reason we I wasn't spoiling Dead Reckoning is because you hadn't seen it yet. This is like, yeah. no, no, no. This has been out for like two or three, or was it June? Either way, it's been out for a bit of time now. So I think, you know, yeah, spoilers up front. Yeah, and we'll we'll spoil all, we'll spoil all three of these next ones. So yep, even though I don't know what spoilers are for Barbie, but and same with Oppenheimer. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, we meet Archimedes. Yeah, and uh, in the past, sorry, in the, in the past. And I'll say one of the things that I didn't much care for, besides old indie, which I just could never get behind. They they tried to make it work as best they could, but I kept being like, okay, you know. Sure, you're commenting that always oh, in old Indiana Jones, but I'm just not interested in that. I'm the Indiana Jones person, the character. You know, I, I'm there with him to go on adventures with him. I don't want to, I don't want to hang out in the old folks' home with them. You know, that's, and they can they can do adventures with him as an old man punching punching people and still trying to be the old Indy. But to me, that just feels it it takes away the fun and it takes away the cool factor. There was something just really exciting about Indiana Jones on his adventures and wanting to be him. I don't want to be, you know, a seven eight year old man still trying to punch folks. And I mean, that there's no uh, there's no vicarious adventuring when I'm watching that that kind of thing. Yeah, the the man himself is supposed to be a very like you know basic stock you know adventure hero who is you know there to plunder chests and grave robbing. Stuff like obviously like you know yeah that's not the, that's not the obviously not the case that they called out in the last film but you know I, I don't know if you remember that everybody knows this by this point but i assume you're aware of in the young Indiana jones chronicles that he loses an eye at some point no no i didn't know that mm. so this is an eye and he lives until like the 90s like what like in the episode itself it was released back in like the in the day Mm-hmm. It was about the time he was supposed to be that age. So, like, the time that that episode was released is the time he was supposed to be, like, in that age. So, it's interesting. I do remember I do remember in the show, they would, every now and again, I can't remember if it was full episodes or if it was just, like, the beginning and ends. We'd get, like, a really old indie, like, telling this story. Oh, back in 1929. And then we'd see the story. I think I, I, think I remember something like that, but... No, that's interesting. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's definitely that's fair. <laughs> but I never wanted to actually go on his adventure of him, you know, going to play. Uh, I don't know what do they play at the old folks' home. <laughs> Maybe I'm just kidding. Me, uh, bridge. Yeah, bridge. You you definitely like basically you don't want to see Matlock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see Indy going to play bridge, and then you know, next thing you know, he winds up on some adventure and breaks his hip partway through. I know I'm being really ageist. Uh, but I'm just trying to illustrate that th- that kind of story has no appeal for me. I mean, if you want a story like that, go watch Night at the Museum. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, which I don't remember being thinking very fondly of, but it's been a long time. I could be wrong. <laughs> I'm just thinking with like Dick Van Dyke and the other Mick, Mickey Rooney and the other I forget the other guy's name. Uh, how those guys were, you know, a little bit older, and uh, you know, creating a museum. Well, not creating, but being security guards in a museum. And by the way, I I do love stories about old people in general i think that that stuff can be really um can put me in a place something like wild strawberries which we covered recently a story about an old man kind of looking back on his life i think that's great i love that kind of thing i just don't like seeing an old man do things that no old man could physically do that that is just not believable at all to me 
Did you see that? I'm pretty sure this is a film. Did you ever see that film with Sir Ian McKellen where he plays an older Sherlock Holmes? No. Okay. I, I remember that coming out now that you mention it. Wow, I, I'd forgotten all about that. No, I never saw it. Okay, that's the, that's the one thing I'm thinking of. Of like, okay, that was. I never watched it, but the concept was always so cool to me of like, yeah, what the hell would happen if like Sherlock Holmes got old? That could be interesting. I think there's a lot of room to tell a, a different kind of story with that. And especially since they were probably going to play it more a little bit towards what uh, Sir Doyle was thinking of instead of him being, you know, the Robert Downey Jr. martial artist. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is the intellect versus, well, <laughs> you know, the martial artist. Yeah. Or whatever. Well, I, I, I never watched Sherlock, so I have no idea what Cumberbatch did. I assume it was also like detective. Uh, yeah, I I didn't really watch much of that either, to be honest. Okay, sorry. I thought I, th- I thought you had. I watched the first two episodes or so, and I was like, mm, no, no, I'm good. Not for me. Um, but I'll say one of the things that that had me captured from the trailers and made me curious was just the Mad Mickelson villain. Because you know he keeps showing up playing villains in these kind of these kind of projects, and I keep waiting for him to you know have a chance to be like really good in one of these movies. Because for the most part, he's just kind of forgettable. So I was like, okay, you know, here's he's going to be an Indiana Jones movie. They they have pretty fun, exciting villains. Maybe he can really bring something out, and this will be an opportunity for him to you know, show his worth in one of these blockbuster movies. Unfortunately, I don't really feel like he did that. I mean, he's okay, but. It's kind of in line with the like a Rogue One or, or uh, what's that Doctor Strange? No, better talk better than Doctor Strange performance wise. Yeah, no, 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 no. What are you talking about? I felt the the character uh, on paper was very limited. Uh, yes, it's, yeah. it's the whole like you know, um, ext- uh, what, what what is it? Nazi scientist after the war and was recruited by uh, the government. You know what I. You know what I'm thinking of now? Do you remember in that? Uh, there's a funny story. Remember in Lupin the First, uh, where we had that other like sect of Nazis, legacy Nazis, who were who, yeah. like believed yeah. that Hitler was in South America. <laughs> like maybe you won't agree with me on this, but I really found that guy's, even though he was a slime ball, I really found that like character's performance a little bit more memorable than maybe oh Mads. yes and. I don't mean that because it's animated or anything like that. I just feel like Mads is limited in what his performance is and what or what he can do with his character. Yeah. And again, I don't know if it was written by committee or mangled because see, I don't, I don't, I don't want to obviously point the finger at anybody, but it's just like Matt, James Mangold is a good director, maybe not like a great director or anything like that. But I very much enjoyed Logan. Not saying it's a perfect film or anything like that, but definitely um, ha- had a lot of like good parts to it. So I was like pretty excited when I did hear that he was going to be well not excited, but I was definitely interested to find out that he was the director of this. And Spielberg was not. I understand why he's probably been doing a lot of other films, and so he couldn't really know maybe put a lot of effort into uh, and, and do his get, put his all into this because I know Spielberg would have loved to do that, but maybe he doesn't have the energy to do that anymore. So uh, happy to see them in the. Uh, exclusive producer role but even still um i was like did 
there was who wrote this and who gave Mads Mikkelsen limited stuff to limited time to perform his acting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. I I feel like when it comes to Disney in general, it feels like they put so little across the board. Not just uh, the Lucasfilm stuff, but the MCU. Their their little remake movies. All their villains are just so. It's like they don't really want to have real villains. They want to have villains that are just there as an obstacle for our our main characters to overcome. But they don't really want to invest and make them super, super deep. Like that just seems to be across the board. It's it's strange. Like they're uh, like they're wasting time almost. They're like they're they're wasting space just to like fulfill the runtime and then that's it. It's like and movie over. We're giving you a bare bones villain and that's it. Yeah, and I highlight Disney instead of just Lucasfilm because it seems so consistent across so many Disney pro- uh, projects. Even the most recent Indiana Jones, I felt, or fuck, even the most recent Pirates of the Caribbean, I felt suffered from that, and that fourth one too, the whatever the one that that one was called. Uh, On Stranger Tides. Yeah. Oh man, that one sucked. <laughs> what? Uh, you don't want to go to the Fountain of Youth? Uh, such a great premise, and then just so so not there. Um, <laughs> Whoops. Uh, but yeah, no, it was in that regard. It was definitely a disappointment. Um, but I'll still say, I I, inj- I think this was much better than Crystal Skull. So so that's at least something. <laughs> I think a lot of people agree with that. Yeah, I'd hope. Um, <laughs> so, um, Mutt, about that. Oh yeah, they just say he's he died, right? And died in Vietnam. Died in Nam. <laughs> I was like, oh goddamn, goddamn. Yeah. Okay then. Huh. We're going with that, eh? Yeah, that feels like a fuck you. I was like, we didn't need that necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh. Yeah. And I also felt that. Um, oh, what was his name? Not. Not Toby. Not Toby Jones, but. Um, Whoever the uh, guy who was in MCU, uh, what's his name, who was um, the parent trucker. Um, not Helmut Zemo, but Arlem Zola. There we go. Yeah, Arlem Zola, uh, whatever his name is. Yeah, no, Toby Jones. Toby Jones, yeah, Toby Jones. I felt like he was a stand-in for Marcus. Oh, yes, 100% a stand-in, yeah. And it was okay. He, he fit into that slot well enough. I was like, okay, uh, th- this feels like a modern equivalent. To one of those kind of uh, character actors that they would bring in, so I was like, I like that. Yeah, I, I kind of wish they just. I mean, maybe fans would have been in an uproar had they just been like, yeah, it's just Marcus, like, or this is Marcus, and deal with it. And they're like, well, you do that, but you de-age Harrison Ford in the beginning. Yeah, and yeah, well, this was this was such a kiss to the the old. I don't think that they're wanting to recast anyone yet. I figured. I'm. I'm so happy they had Sala in this. Oh, I, yeah. I, I was happy and sad at the same time because. Yeah, I'm the same. I way. mean, although, to be honest, when I was watching his scenes, I was like, "Am I going to walk out of the theater and a week from now find out that uh, he's passed away?" Because I mean, he's not looking that great. John Rhys Davis is still alive, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> Yeah, but but seeing him there it was was one of those moments where I was like, oh man, you know this this might be one of the last times we see him on the the screen, and I don't know how much long he's got left. Okay, yeah. So I I do sound hyperbolic when I say this, and I I just sounded like two lines of it, but it's like yeah, I I like Solo a lot. 
and I was mm-hmm. very I was I was happy to see him like on screen, but at the same time they didn't do anything with him, and I was very sad about that. Yeah, and, and they felt like, I mean, again, I I just I don't want to see where these people end up. You know, I want to see them when they're at their peak, having these adventures. To see them both kind of in a washed up state, it, it just made me kind of sad. I was like, oh, like I, I mean, that there's nothing sad about it. People's lives, you know, they they slow down as they get older, and that's just normal. But for such a thrilling adventure series to see, to see it in this state, it was just kind of like, oh man, they they took a lot of the fun out of the Indiana Jones, and they just made it you know, a little bit depressing. Now I'm thinking about, yeah, how I, I'm thinking about how their bodies must be destroyed by all their adventures and. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, if they wanted to, I think fans would have hated this. But it would have been interesting had they gone that direction of almost a more cerebral art art house style film, where we see these adventurers and they're all just old, and we see how lively the world and how like the world has changed, especially in the sixties. Yeah. So that would have been a really cool idea for almost like a, a reflection and introspection movie, but. I, yeah, I don't know if that would have worked or not. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I don't know if it would have fit the franchise well, but it would have been a more interesting uh, premise for a movie than what they did. And they even like they had that kind of uh, who who was she? The CIA or FBI? The the black. Uh, oh my goodness! Person who was working with them. Yep. I felt like she had a lot of spark to her, and I, I thought they just kind of wasted the potential with her character. <sighs> yeah, I was I was uh, actually quite disappointed with her. Uh, with, with how her character turned out, excuse me. Yeah, I feel like I would have appreciated if she would have stuck around more and been more the wound up in the indie sidekick role than Phoebe Waller Bridge, but because I feel like their dynamics might have worked better. So, but I'm sure if that was the case, people would have been screaming from the rooftops of wokeness, and they were already screaming about it stupidly. I think uh, to some degree. <laughs> well, I was just so confused with the fact that she was working with the Nazis. I was like. What, what the hell is going on here? Like, how does this make any sense? Well, she didn't... Well, I mean... Well, the government itself was working with the Nazis, and she was, you know, working with the government. So, it's kind of the awkward position you're put in. Okay, no, fair point. Well, ex-Nazis, they they were, you know... Oh, Ex, yeah, we, we always hated the Fuhrer. We were just forced into it. And then... And then, yeah, by the end, Mads is like, I will become the new Fuhrer. It's like, uh, yeah. okay... <laughs> Yeah, and I think that would have left a lot of room for a complex relationship with that character to the the government itself, especially being a black woman in that era. You know, it, it could have left a lot of room for interesting ideas. Instead, we have to just axe her early on. Yeah, that that's what disappointed me a lot about her. I mean, it kind of made me a little bit irritated with her character of like, you know, she. I thought she was going to be more involved in this movie and then she just gets shot and that's that's it i'm like what yeah like talk about yeah. a waste of a character it's that that's kind of what pees me off is the potential is gone for whatever her story was and i don't even know what her story is although it's probably you know written on the indiana jones wiki so it's like wow yeah. why do i know but like yeah it's that that's why i was peed off with that character because it didn't didn't feel like it went anywhere maybe there's some subtleties uh with her performance and subtleties uh, as to like you know what what they were doing and what they were trying to say thematically but i i didn't pick up on anything in, the, in that sense at that, that, that moment yeah and, and throughout the movie i think there's a lot of wasted potential the antonio bandera's character is another one that i was like oh i i feel like this guy you know isn't a bad fit for a friend to indy and i'd like to see more of him too 
Oh, he's gone almost immediately as well. And again, we're stuck with Phoebe Waller-Bridge and that, that kid, who are okay enough, but I feel like they surround them with characters that I'd like to see more of, and I'd rather get to see more of them than see more of her and, and that kid. Yeah, knockoff short round. Um, you're always going to have a character like that. It's fine. Okay. Um, I will say, actually, one of my... I, I have uh, something that I wasn't feeling with. Um, so it's actually, yeah, what am I, what am I uh, not feeling? You know, what's my favorite, my best thing and worst thing? Um, I guess my best thing is the ending. Uh, it was set up yes. and it didn't feel stupid, like what everybody thought they were going to do. My worst thing is both the fact, this is petty, but they didn't have the Paramount logo in the beginning. That's that's just... Oh, 100%. That's pure fanboyism, so obviously that means nothing. But if I did have a actual like worst thing, it's, I think some of the, <laughs> this is funny, some of the car chases uh, could have been cut, or at least could have been cut down, excuse me. Yeah, the movie itself could have been shorter. They would have helped. Oh, yeah, agreed. Yeah. I feel like that whole opening the CGI de-aged opening. I was like, I don't know if I need any of this. I mean, maybe you disagree. I know a lot of people highlighted that as one of the best parts of the movie. No, even I'm just like, I, I, this feels weird. Like this feels like I'm watching uh first adventure again. Yeah. And like, did they get Joe Johnson to come in and like do some of these scenes? <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> yeah. He stepped in. Uh, but I think it even highlighted even more sad of how I was like, Oh man, they're just, they're desperate to relive their glory days. But these people aren't there anymore and they're way past their glory days, you know, and having this, this fake version of Harrison Ford and he sounds like the old man, Harrison Ford in the voice. So that makes it jarring and trying to relive his, his younger days as the CGI character. It, it was just, it felt kind of sad to me to some degree. And again, I don't want to, I, I know I sound ages during this. I, I, I apologize that it comes across that way. I just, you know, the, these, the adventure genre is a young man's genre. You know, that's one of the reasons I don't enjoy the Expendables. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I don't enjoy those, a lot of those Liam Neeson action movies. Like, it, it just does not translate well when it's a man who cannot physically be doing this stuff. It it starts to feel super phony. And I was getting a lot of super phoniness watching this movie. And I'll say with Indiana Jones, it was never like it was meant to be a realistic franchise. But again, it's a fantasy that you want to buy in in. As a kid, everyone who watched those movies are like, oh, I, I wish I could be on these adventures like Indiana Jones. I don't know if you felt that way. No, it's I, I, I largely agree with what you just said with it being, unfortunately, a younger man genre, and you and I are going to feel that one day if we get to that age. Um, where, yeah, it's no longer our our game anymore. It's for the young. But even, I'll be happy to see, you know, you, the youth full of energy and, you know, kicking butt and going on adventures like that. So that was mm-hmm. nice. Um, I mean, if they, obviously, like, what could you do with Indiana Jones in the later later days? That's a good question. I, I definitely don't know what the answer to that is. I don't know if there's much need. I feel like the Indiana Jones, it's, he served his purpose at that age. And I mean, the, the intent was always that he was... Uh, you know, James Bond just as a, you know, like a Tomb Raider rather than a suave secret agent. Yep. Uh, there, There's not much room for an elderly James Bond. It, they, it just would not make any sense in the world for that. Just like I, I don't think it makes much sense to have an elderly Indiana Jones. 
I mean, the way I would see them do that is, well, James Bond becomes M. Like, that's that's mm. maybe the potentially, at least where I see the logical progression of... Now Indiana Jones becomes the full-on teacher. He's become, he becomes the mentor. You know, the, cir- the, the circle of life almost, where now there becomes a new, you know, student that goes under Indiana Jones. But even then, it would be a lost art almost, where uh, the, the adventuring days... You know, decline as the as society progresses, almost like where you know, that was the idea with with Indiana Jones is that it's it's the lost world there, close the the like what else is out there? Let's let's pillage and appropriate these cultures. Ugh, it doesn't seem good. So, um, <laughs> so did I say that out loud? Um, so when when that only worked in that era of like the twenties and thirties, yeah. you can't do that in the sixties anymore. Not saying you couldn't, but like. It's less there, I guess. I mean, somehow Miyazaki made it feel really cool when he did Castle of Cagliostro. Mm. But, I don't know, that, that that was a bit different. That was with a freaking gentleman's thief and not a Tomb Raider. Well, I'll just say this, because we, we got to wind this down now, unfortunately, due to time. <laughs> um, but I think that there's still room to revive the Indiana Jones franchise, but it has to be a clean break reboot. Um, I would even say that there's no need to reference any of the uh, the prior films. You don't need to bring back Marion. You know, we've seen enough of that character. Just go back to individual installments with a younger recast Indiana Jones. And I would say for a first entry, see if you can do what you can to drag in Gore Verbinski. I think that he has the sensibilities to really give us something exciting and, and fresh. And I, I just... I think there's plenty of room to still make really fun period adventure movies with Indiana Jones, just not an old man Indiana Jones, and keep it in its heyday in the 30s and or the 20s. Maybe you could go back a little bit further. You know, a slightly younger indie, I wouldn't necessarily hate. But yeah, just please no more Harrison Ford. Please no more. <laughs> this was passable enough. I, this is the closest you're going to get to good with an old Indiana Jones, I think. And I don't think there's any more room for any more of those movies. I guess my third disappointment was, darn it, we're a short round in all this, especially since he won the best supporting act, male actor. Excuse me, I said best actor, but that was Brendan Fraser, so my apologies. It was, hmm. I believe it was best supporting actor, correct? I think so. There you go. So it's like, yeah, where was, where was he in all this? I was really waiting for him to show up, but sorry, that's... Another here, another there. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, no, screw it. Let's make let's have Christian Nolan do uh, his take on Indiana Jones. Oh no, he would ruin it. <laughs> I don't think he'd be a good fit. How can you say that? That's that's what are you talking about, sir? Where, where where are you going with all this? Yeah, or I guess you know if you're gonna make another Indiana Jones, maybe see if I think his name is Stephen Summers. I think see if he's still kicking around. The guy who directed the first. And maybe uh, he may have done the second one too of the Mummy movies. I think he did do the second one. Yep. Yeah, I think if you can get him in there, I mean, I I think the Mummy is the best, uh, uh, is the better, I should say, fourth entry in Indiana Jones than the Crystal Skull. I think it carries so much of the same spirit, and yeah, if you could, if you can capture that spirit again, I think we can get another great Indiana Jones. Just yeah, it's time to move on from the old cast. Time desperately time to move on. It has to avoid modern cynicism as well, which is quite hard. But 
Mm. And especially since it's going to be under Disney, it's like, ooh, I don't I'm not saying they're immediately cynical, excuse me, but it's it's kind of hard in that way. Yeah, no, you, you could be right. Yeah. Yeah, modern audiences would need that. They, they couldn't just take it on a wink and a nod that oh, yeah. is acceptable. What Indy's doing. Yeah, and I don't know how well we're going to get something like the end of Raiders. I don't mean I we need that in every film, but... There was some, there was an edge. They they had they had an edge to them, and I'm not saying this movie didn't. Oh yeah, this, you know this movie didn't really have an edge to them. No, definitely not. Other than like maybe a maybe a full grown male drowning. Well, we don't really see him drown, but he's stuck in like you know underwater grate, so it's like <laughs> he presumably drowned. Uh, by the way, I like that that guy was like a Bond villain. <laughs> Basically, yeah, or Bond villain or Bond henchman. Yeah, Bond henchman. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, thank you. And I don't know what Boyd Holbrook's been doing these past few years, but it was nice to see him again. Yep. Always appreciate seeing that guy and, you know, cleaning up his reputation post the Predator. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Same studio, by the way. Sort of. By proxy. Oh, yeah. I'll... I guess in in retrospect. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I guess we got to wind it down there. I got to. Yeah, I don't have any more time, unfortunately. Oh, but thank you, Isaac. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll return for. The Barbenheimer, I guess special. I guess we'll do that in its own speakeasy. I guess that makes sense. Actually, yeah, no, I agree with that. Uh, but until then, thank you for this discussion, and we'll see you all on the next one. Peace. Peace.